Hey everyone, I'm Lewis Malley. Welcome to the podcast. This episode was originally recorded on one of my live streams, so I hope you enjoy it. If you want to watch or listen to more of my content, please follow me on the various social media channels. Please leave a review, subscribe, and I hope you enjoy it. Awesome, and we're live. Thank you everyone for joining. Jane, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good to see you. It's a little hot where you are, right? Boiling. I'm in, I'm in France. And yeah, it's like 35 degrees centigrade, which is like 90 something Fahrenheit. Always find it hard to convert it properly. Me too. And, uh, I need another formula. It's warm. it's warm. I don't know. The Wi-Fi, the Wi-Fi, just to warn you, is good, but a bit patchy sometimes. If we, if it is, I'm blaming, I'm blaming French Wi-Fi. Why not? Yeah. We can blame the French. Yeah. They're good to blame. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All you French people watching, we love you. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. So those that don't know you, um, that would give you a little intro. You are, now you're a communications coach, uh-huh. uh, exec coach, a wonderful one at that. And we're going to dive in in this podcast, we'll, we'll talk all things communication and why it's so important right now. And then your previous career you are an award-winning, Emmy award-winning TV presenter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you transitioned into this, into this new career, which we heard about last time. So, yeah, welcome back. So communication, and just to, for me to give some context to it, I, I believe strongly that the human skills, and I've written about this before, um, some people call them soft skills, but mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything soft about them human skills are fundamental right now and i think it's a real superpower if you can develop all of these different human skills and it will stand you in great stead and so i think that's it's really really important right now so it, it, it is and what do we mean by human skills i mean we really mean an ability to communicate with one another we've got so many ai abilities that we don't, there's a lot of things we don't have to figure out. Example, do you know anybody's phone number? No. You just barely remember my name. <laughs> yeah, you, you hit the button and you call them. And, and there's so many, there's just so many things that machinery, if I can still call it machinery, does for us that yeah. we don't have to do any longer, which means it's so much more about our relationships. And I think that's how you're in, in the business of helping people find jobs. And it's all about relationships because that's how you get your clients and that's how you get your clients' jobs is through relationships. And how do you get relationships? You have to communicate. And I think it's never been more important than after what we've been through in the last two and a half years where we suddenly discovered what it's like not to have those immediate relationships. I mean, um, uh, Kelly, who runs your North American operation, was telling me uh, and showing me a wonderful picture uh, recently about a woman, two women who actually met. One was the boss and one was the new employee. And after 18 months of working together, they'd never met in person. And they finally did. And it like brings tears to your eyes to see the kind of they developed one kind of a relationship, but now with that human connection, it's going to be a better one because they actually know what each other looks like. You can read the body language from head to toe. Yeah. So I think in today's world, it's just relationships are 
everything. And, and I have to tell you that there's a whole, my daughter's a millennial, and I have a feeling that millennials don't quite get that about how important the relationship's in. It's not a relationship through text. That is <laughs> well, not a relationship. Well, or is that just like, there, it's a text relationship, isn't it? It's like, really? it's funny because to, to your point, a lot of younger folks uh, are so used to like, just, it's just yeah. like, oh, what do you think of this message? How should I respond? You know, how should I respond? Whereas when you're doing something like this, or when you're face to face with someone, you, you don't, you've got to just respond. You've got to chat. There's no like, hold on a second. Let me just think about how I'm going to answer this. You've got well, to be a bit more. Right. But also, I believe that in text, this is one of my problems with them, particularly if it's a if it's a close relationship, there's so much room for misinterpretation. That's true. Because you say, you know, just take one simple s sentence and say, I suppose that's OK. So you, you'd be thinking, oh, they don't really want to do it, but they're giving in um, instead of what their real meaning might, might have been. Hmm, I hadn't thought about that before, but yeah, I suppose that that would be OK. Or it could be, I suppose that would be OK. I, yeah. I mean, you don't know what the tone is because it's just words. And then sometimes you get throw spell correct in there and it's really messed up. Yeah. So I, I just That's think so true. The interpretation is is it's bad, and and so we can't assume things. So I like to use text for very specific reasons for saying "meet me here" or "oh, something funny just happened to me," or put it in the right context. Make sure it's in the right context, so there's no room for yeah. misinterpretation in the in the world of business. That's where I'm. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. So your so your so your your go to is is, is a phone call or face to face. So it's like the text is like, let's chat at 10 o'clock and then you can get on the phone and right. say, why haven't you paid my invoice yet? Or what's going on or something right. like that. But the other problem is, is that we all work. I mean, this virtual world, oh, it's wonderful to be able to work from home. Don't have to commute, don't have to do this, don't have to do that. However, how many hours a day do you work now? Because you killed, you killed the commute, so now you spend that 40 minutes, hour, hour and a half, and you're you're working on both yeah. ends. In addition to which, if, you know, I used to live with the, the thought that you don't send an email after a certain time at night or before a certain time in the morning, because then it would look like all you did was work and send the wrong impression. Now, if I feel like sending an email at 1 a.m., I do it, because I might be too busy tomorrow and forget. That's so, And if you want to pretend, you can press schedule send, and right. schedule it for ATM next time. Right. Yes, that's true. You can. Um, so I mean, I don't know if that's good or bad to be sending emails at all hours of the day and night. <laughs> I don't know, but I do it because I, I just I want to make sure stuff gets done. So yeah, yeah. No, it's true. It's true. So the so the good thing is there are there are so many more ways to communicate now. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, because I think we, if I think before COVID, just to my own job. It, it really revolved around face-to-face -face mm -hmm. and, and, and then phone call. And then over the last few, few years, video has used it. A I mean, in, in my work is the amount of videos I'm on now is outstanding. Uh, and actually, I've made some really good friends through video. Uh, and I include you in that. You know, we've never met face-to-face -face in person yet. 
Right. But we've got to we've got to know each other really well by seeing each other on video, and uh, it's not as good as if I saw you face to face in in real life, but it's it's still good. Yeah, it, it, it can be very good. I mean, yeah. think of all the people that during COVID, during isolation, were able to connect with their families and connect with their friends through this. If we hadn't had this, whoa. Yeah. And plus, I think I think some of us even communicated more because I, I know I would set up designated times when um, we'd have a... Um, uh, fa you know, FaceTime calls or yeah. Zooms with my family. And I would have never done that in the past. You know, then we all would have gone, oh, please, we're really going to do that. But um, now, and you can you kind of continue that you make an, I think you make a more of an effort. But on the other hand, I think we can get really lazy with this too, and say, oh, I don't need yeah. to go to that, because I can just do it this way. Yeah, we're missing that as in the face to face. Right. Yeah, I, um, so it's interesting, isn't it? Because like, if there's if there's um, if there's a face-to-face -face event going on, or like a you know, which before COVID, I would have, I used to go to many more like networking events, like face-to-face -face mm -hmm. conferences and stuff. Mm -hmm. But then with the conferences, the thing that goes into your mind is well, it's it's not very um, it's not very efficient because you've got no idea who you're going to meet at a conference, right? Right, or or you just maybe meet someone you're sitting next to. It's very hit and miss. And then right. you think, well, video, I can arrange I can arrange a video with someone. I can have a half an hour conversation with them. It's super targeted and efficient. And I think more people are doing I think more people are doing that. I don't have any stats or numbers on it, but it feels efficient to do it that way. It is efficient. It saves money too. I mean yeah. the amount I'd love to know the figure from large corporations, the amount of money that they've saved in business travel um, and all, you know, all that sort of thing. Um, and, and you still, they're still probably doing the deals because you got to do deals. And if this is the only way you can do it, you're doing it. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So, but when it comes to the communication aspects of things, I really, and you mentioned how many different ways there are to communicate. The problem is you're not really sure what's going to resonate with a certain person. Now, yeah. Like if you're looking for a job, how should you communicate with them? Do they want you to send them endless emails? Do they want a handwritten thank you letter? Do they want a um, do they want you to just check in? Do they want um, a phone call? Do they want a Zoom? What I mean, what do people want? So I think it's a it, it's you it, it's like you almost have to be a mind reader at times, and it's so difficult to know. You never quite know how someone wants to be communicated with, and especially if someone someone that you don't know, it's a complete minefield. And I, I was I was saying that on LinkedIn, there's a few polls, and and you know they're like, oh, would you, um, do you just accept anyone's LinkedIn message, or would you accept it if they've written a personalised note, or if they haven't written a note, it's it's a disgrace and never accept it. And it's it's a it's a crazy minefield and and you know like first impressions count for everything and if you've messed up with someone because you've communicated the wrong way there's no going back. You know it used to be they would judge you by when you sh they, you shook somebody's hand and the first words that came out of your mouth that was the first impression. Now it's this way. The thing about LinkedIn is, and I think you taught me this, that you should be very organic about the way that you. Um, reach out to people. 
Like res- yeah. you see something they posted, you, you, you make a comment about it yeah. and then you keep commenting and then ultimately create yeah. some sort of a, of a relationship. Yeah. Like if you want to, you know, if you, if you, if it's, you want to approach someone about a job, like maybe they're hiring and you're, you're keen to, to get in touch, L- like some of their stuff, if they're posting, comment a few things, and then you drop within the DM. And they're like, oh, who's this? Jane. Yeah, she keeps liking all my stuff. And of course I want to speak with you. Yeah. And it work, that works really, really well. What I hate as we're on this is you get, so there's these, a bunch of companies that automate outreach. And, and then, so they can set up rules saying, if someone hasn't responded, you'll get a follow-up email two days mm-hmm. later. Uh-huh. And, and, you can, and you can tell when it's pre-written. You know, like oh. it's, and 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 a lot of it is just baloney it's um they're just they're it's like it's like a cold call yeah exactly the same. and and then by the by the time you get the third one you're just like delete delete like um i love the ones that saying you're you're missing out you're really missing out and they're they're, they're targeting the wrong person because what they're offering doesn't even apply to me like do a little bit of homework before you hit send on that stupid thing yeah, yeah, yeah. I read a great post by uh, Gary V. Yeah, Gary oh, V. Yeah. Gary Vanja. He comes out with some great stuff. It's quite American. That's not an insult, but it's it's really like. Uh, Are you sure? Positive, high energy. I really like it. I really like it. And and he was like saying, I think one of his quotes was like, "Always add value first, which I think is quite nice to this. It's 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 give value to someone, you know, like give them stuff. Well, as in you know, give content for free or, or help people, you know, or connect them with other people. And, 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 you know, think about how to help other people first. And then, you know, you have reciprocity, you know, people are, are more likely to then want to help you. Well, maybe sometimes you don't, but, but, but sometimes it shows up months later too. I've had that happen to me where yeah. I'll do something that's kind or um, a connection or something. And then I'll think, you almost, you almost forget about it. And then a few months later, all of a sudden it pops back up, which is really, that's a real treasure. Yeah. It yeah. truly is. But um, I know you believe this, but the most important form of communication isn't really about talking. It's about listening. Yes. And listening skills are crucial to be a good communicator because what you, as a journalist, as a trained journalist, I was trained to listen and pick up on key words or key thoughts and then explore those and ask more questions. There are many great stories out there about, about people who were considered to be fabulous leaders, but they were not necessarily the ones who were the best orators or that sort of thing. But the reason people liked them so much is because they were great listeners. And you, they, you'd walk away from a conversation and you'd say, you know, Mr. Smith really is a wonderful human being. I, I like him so much. And you'd say, why do you like him? And they, they, and it's not because of anything that they learned about Mr. Smith, but what, but it's what he learned about them and how interested he was in what they had to say. So if you show interest in people, listen, ask wise questions, you'll be shocked at the way in which they respond to you. Yeah, Everybody loves to be heard. I completely agree. Completely agree. You know, people remember how you make them feel. I think we said that last time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it's really true. You know, you meet someone and you ask questions and you take an interest. And that's communicating. A lot of people think it's just chatting. Um, mm-hmm. And I know I'm doing a lot of chatting right now, but I do really believe it's about... <laughs> You're not listening to me. <laughs> I'm not listening. Um, I, I complete, I'm all in on the listening. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's what I, it's the biggest strength of, of what I do. Like if you're a recruiter, exec search, your, your biggest strength should be questioning and listening. You know, mm-hmm. that's just fundamental. And even when you're going for a job interview, it's amazing how many people don't ask questions in an interview. And for me, if you really gets going, you know, I, I, I always, I always, I always tell candidates, you need to prepare loads of questions because you can tell so much about someone from the questions that they ask. Mm-hmm. And you ask the interviewer all these questions, what are, how did they treat their staff over COVID? What's your culture like? Whatever it might be. And they'll start to like you, you know, they won't realize why. But you're coming up with some really good questions and they'll start to like you. And it's a really effective way to, to go about it. They know that you're interested. Yeah. Yeah. So what else do you tell candidates when they're going for interviews, especially now? Because aren't most of them via some sort of a, a video or virtual so, meeting? So much as video. Let's talk about dress. Mm-hmm. We should talk about how you dress for sure. Right. Um, but so in terms of prep, think about how you dress. And, and it varies from company to company. You don't want to turn up underdressed for an interview with a bank, but then you don't want to turn up overdressed for an interview with like some super cool technology company and they wear T-shirts or whatever. So, so dress appropriately for who you're meeting is my, is my message on the dress. Right. The, the questioning is vital for me. And then there's no excuse for not snooping on who you're meeting. Start right. on their LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, like just come armed with stuff. Because mm. if you turn up and you say, oh, Jane, great to meet you. And I saw, I saw your video last week on communication. It was so wonderful. And I really liked your point about how to dress for a job interview. And then suddenly you're like, oh, wow. You know, and you start to like the, like right. the person. That's powerful. They- They've shown an interest, and, and I think that's that's super. It's super important. How do you instill confidence in people, though? Because I feel like half the time my job is being a shrink, and I'm sure you must feel the same way too. You do call them shrinks in England, don't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Shrink, psycho, uh, psycho, psychiatrist. I think everyone needs a psychiatrist in their life, right? Right. We're all trying to be. What's the quote? We're all trying to be a little bit less messed up than we were yesterday. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Um, <laughs> I'm going to steal that. <laughs> steal it it's fine it's not my own quote I can't remember who said it but it's a brilliant quote um so with the confidence I mean if you've never interviewed before it's a very unusual scenario it's it's just a bit unnatural isn't it it's mm-hmm. it's a weird it's a weird vibe especially if and you don't know who you're going to meet and you don't know what their style is going to be you know it could be just question question grill 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 or they could say you know hey Jane what would you like to know and then balls in your court to ask questions, which is what right. I quite like to do. Um, but for me, it's just pr- prepare, you know, make sure you prepare well, research the person you're meeting. You read the job description because they've probably written it. So, you know, make sure you've read the job description, check them out on, online, prepared your questions, and then think of it as a story. I, you know, I love the storytelling yeah. vibe. And That's so, a, yeah. 
and you think of your career as a story and you're the superhero in your story and whatever question they ask you you know you have the star methodology situation task action result and whatever they ask you if you have this 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 model or this arc or the storytelling um vibe let's say in your in your in your weaponry then you can never go too wrong Yep. That's, that's actually a big part of my coaching is helping people develop and tell their story or their business story or whatever it is they're working on that, that has brought them to me. Um, it's the storytelling. You know, what I love to use is I compare it to Walt Disney, who's probably the Disney company is one of the greatest storytelling companies of all time. Now, I know you've shown your kids some Disney oh, yeah. movies, right? Probably oh, more than oh, yeah. more than you would like. But if you think about it, it's um, every day the fairy princess slept, um, and let's see, and, and then and it's like three, three or four lines until one day along came a handsome prince because of that, he gave her a kiss. And because of that, she woke up, they rode into the sunset and lived happily ever after. But every single one of his movies or Disney movies, I shouldn't say his anymore, um, has that same kind of scenario. It's the setting the scene, what's the pinpointing the problem, just like you just said. But if you think about it in that framework, it becomes really super easy to be able to yeah. tell your story. And the yeah. other thing is that to the point about questions and what you just said about if you've got your story straight, you can answer almost any question with the story. Because I like to think about putting questions into buckets, meaning don't you don't have to be literal unless it's something that absolutely needs a yes or no answer. But otherwise, think of a question, think of questions as buckets, because many times the questions are the same. It's well, why do you want to leave your or why are you looking for a new job? Um, what's happened in your past? Um, do do you think you're qualified for it? Blah, 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 blah. It's actually all the same question. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why, why is there a gap in your in your resume? What mm -hmm. happened over COVID? Why did you leave? You know, it's all... It's all the same question. It's all Just the same. Differently. And instead, yeah. we, get, we get all bogged down in, I have to be literal. Well, on that first day of COVID, my blah, 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 blah. And you get into this detail that nobody cares about. So... Just it's, yeah. it's so if you frame out your answers and prepare in that way, it'll really help. Yeah, so yeah, that's it's, a really good trick. I think it's great, and it's if you if you think of it like that, and you prepare and you practice a little bit, then again, it doesn't matter who's in front of you. It could be anyone interviewing you. They're going to answer right. the same stuff. Right. And you're going to answer the same way, and you know it's it's a great one the one you know the hardest thing i find and i'd love to hear what you what you think of this is when you do ask a question someone gives you a one one word answer the most annoying thing ever it's that's and, when you when you suddenly that's when you get doubts that's that's hard right that's like yep. ah okay yep. uh and then you're like uh uh uh, uh you ask another question right well in my interviewing you know career at when I was at NBC in New York, it was consistently um, you would have very tough interviews. And so they would give me a yes or a no answer. So that's why I always ask open ended questions where you absolutely can't just say yes or no, because there's there's no reason to. So. So if you're the person doing the interviewing or if you're the person who's um, 
holding the meeting or making the presentation, always make sure that if you're asking any questions, make them open-ended. Yeah. Never have it be a yes or no answer because that's that's what you're going to get. And yeah, you don't want that's that. True. That's true. So it's like, what do you think about or how would, or what would the impact be or something like that? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's very, it's very much, and, and seeking other people's opinions is always very flattering to them. That's so I, I, like, I like doing that too. What do you think about using why? So I heard somewhere the other day that when you say, why do, why, why do you think that? Why? People don't react so well to it because it sounds like you're being a bit aggressive. Bit, yeah. Yeah. I'll what tell you, you about what, why question is, was my favorite question ever <laughs> in interviews because that's where we're And it's just one word instead of a long, complicated question. I just said, why? And that gets people. But then I was on a different mission than trying to hire yeah. somebody. I was on a mission of, of um, making the interview stimulating and exciting and, and you know, yeah. that sort of thing. Um, now I would highly suggest if somebody says, why you be prepared for it. I prepare yeah. people to answer those sorts of questions because I know they could come. Yeah. And asking it, you asked your why question in such a lovely way. Like you, you, the, way you, the way you ask it, your voice and the tone and the pitch. You, know, mm -hmm. you, you can say anything to anyone, right? As long as you say right. it in, in the right way. What the way I'm approaching it is with curiosity versus with like, that's stupid or, you know, huh? <laughs> or surprise. It's just, hmm, why? Why, why do you think that? Yeah. So, um, so you, you're making a very good point there about the, the way in which we use our voice. Most people do not use the complete wonderful depth and breadth we have for our voices. We have an ability to, we, to, to just be so much better than we are at using our voices and we really should practice it. If I were just to sit here and say, Lewis, this is really lovely being here with you today. Thank you so much for asking me to come on. You're gonna go, oh, what a bore, because it was a monotone. But if I go, Lewis, this is so great. Oh, I wish I were in France. What's France like? I mean, if you you have to, and I'm not I don't I'm not suggesting people should be over energetic consistently, but we have to have some passion in the way mm. we speak, and we also have to have variety. And variety means um, sometimes we're a little more somber. Sometimes we're more excited. Sometimes we're playful. It, it's just. Be yeah. in the place that's in sync with your words. Make your voice match it because then it's interesting and people re-engage because with the attention spans in the world today, we're so overstimulated that if we can't do that and keep them engaged, then we've lost an opportunity. 100%. It's also, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I think it's almost, it's almost more important than the content necessarily of what it you're is. saying because they'll... They might forget the content, but they'll remember, again, I keep saying this, how you make them feel, but, but at the end of an interview, when I take feedback from a candidate or a client, more often than not, when I say, how did, how did it go? They always say, oh, I feel like it went really well. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm like, well, what, what do you mean? Oh, just the feeling I had. It was, it's always the feeling that they had, mm -hmm. the first thing they mentioned. Right, exactly. So that it is really important. 
Um, the other thing I want to say is before somebody does a big interview, and especially if you're doing it virtually, this is really easy to do. I want people to psych themselves up. And I also, and by that, I mean, do something that makes you feel really good, be it playing your favorite music, dancing around your living room. Um, I mean, nobody's seeing what you're doing, so who cares? Maybe for some people, it's maybe a little bit of meditation. For others, maybe it's yoga stretches or something like that. Um, then there's breathing exercises. If you just simply just breathe so it takes out the butterflies. Um, and I like to do, I breathe for three counts in, hold it for three, three counts out, and I do it three times. And I do it every single time before I make like a, before I make a presentation on stage or something like that. Um, it's just a way of calming yourself down, but you also want to feel really good about yourself. Sometimes you should do, sometimes if it's a particularly important interview or a particularly important presentation, you might want to actually make a list of times where you've done things really, really well. So in your head, you have an attitude that says, I got this. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Is that what you used to do before your, your big interviews when you were on TV? Sure. sure. Yeah. I would. Um, I would prepare because I think preparation is key to everything. It's yeah. so important. When somebody tells me, oh, I'm just going to wing it, I just want to slap them. <laughs> I'm not a violent person, but I'm like, are you crazy? You've got this wonderful opportunity and you didn't bother to prepare. What's wrong with you? So preparation is key. But then set the preparation aside in those moments before you do something so that you can really just get yourself in a, in a place where your attitude is great, where your head is yeah. great, you feel good about yourself. It'll make a huge difference. Yeah. When you, when you think, when you're thinking in your mind that, you know, you've got this and mm -hmm. you, you, you know, you know what you're, you know, you know, you're good. Right. You know, you're interview for a reason. Right. Exactly. You wouldn't be there otherwise. You wouldn't be making the presentation. You wouldn't be doing the media interview. You wouldn't be doing any of that unless you're the person who had a lot more information than anybody else in the room or on the screen or whomever's watching. Um, and the other thing is when you start to get all anxious about, ooh, ooh I don't look perfect or, oh, am I wearing the right thing? Or what if they don't like my resume? You start thinking all that stuff. Focus on your purpose. So it's the attitude and then it's focusing on your purpose. So when you focus on your purpose, like if you're making a wonderful presentation, focus on what it is that you're giving to people. When you're making a presentation, you're giving them a gift. Yes. So make, you know, so think about that. It's a wonderful gift to them. And I, I really love it when people, if the moment you do that, all the butterflies just float away. Yeah, it's true. I love that. Absolutely love that. Know, know your worth. And I, a lot of people, I mean, we all, we all have these things in our, in our minds, you know, what is it? I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not whatever enough. Just change one word. I am good enough. I am smart enough. I am whatever enough. And it's just, and because and, you're, it's the tape in your mind. You need right. to listen to yourself right. more than anyone. Right. We're our own worst critics. Yeah. I mean, I work with so many people who, and, you know, I use a lot of video 
I video them doing a presentation or doing a mock interview or whatever it is, and I play it back. And the first, I say, okay, so what do you think? The first words out of their mouths inevitably are, I look awful, or why am I making that funny thing with my mouth? Or my, weren't my eyes blinking too much? Oh, I need a haircut. Oh, blah, 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 blah. They go on and on and on. I'm like, this is not a, a time for you to self-criticize. This is a time for us to work on, on the things that we need to work on. And you're being too hard on yourself. And you only get to criticize. I let them do one thing. Like you can criticize one thing. But other than that, we're going to work on how we're going to get better. Yeah. So, but we yeah. are. And perception of ourselves, there's all these studies done that our perception of ourselves is 30% less lesser than what people really think of us. Wow. Wow. Yeah. We're hard on ourselves. We're overly hard on ourselves. Yeah. Especially one of really ambitious and driven people. We're always striving for something that we're not quite, we haven't quite reached it. And we just need to, we just need to lighten up. Yeah. Just take a breath, relax. Don't worry about the things you can't affect. Do the things you can and just, yeah, take the handbrake off and go for it. Yeah. You know what's really fun these days is thinking about kind of because this, these virtual things have made us become so much more global. Oh. And which is really, it's super, it's super cool. And I know that you have like candidates that are, are companies that say, oh, the candidates can be from anywhere because they can work remotely. We just want the best person and we don't care where they are, where you used to be so limited geographically. Uh, and so we are, we're in a place where we can just globally do so much more. And I think it's made us um, be better communicators on an international level. Cause I used to worry all the time about, oh, I, I can't do these things when I'm in, you know, say these things or act this way when I'm in London or this way when I'm in Amsterdam or this way when I'm in, you know, Frankfurt. Um, but the truth is I feel much more comfortable being who I am in those places now virtually than I used to. Yeah, that's true. Although we still, I still had to, I felt like I needed to apologize if I was making a slight joke about Americans or even French in the beginning. You know, we had all of this. <laughs> we it's can great. That. <laughs> you can kind of, it's, 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 it's interesting, but, but it, it does feel, I mean, in the last few years, I've, I mean, we do global work and it's, it's so good being able to, to do a video with someone internationally, US, Asia, Africa, wherever. It's just, it's just absolutely brilliant. And it's, it's great. They're great tools. And you need to then, again, there are nuances to communicating with different folks, mm -hmm. you know, different people from different countries and regions. And they all, they will have a particular way that they like to communicate. And, I, and again, I go back to the beginning of our, of our podcast, you know, these human skills. And if you learning how to interact with different people from different parts of the world, you're going to be way more effective at right. whatever you're doing. Well, and I also think it really fosters understanding too, because one of the problems that I believe we have in this world today is that we don't understand other cultures as well as we should. And yeah. I'm not sure many people take the time to do that. Um, and that used for me, that has always been fostered by traveling but now, you know, because of the limitations on travel for so long, you had to, you had to change it by doing this kind of thing. Um, yeah. 
but I mean, I, I, I'm still mindful that there are things that we brash Americans do that um, perhaps we shouldn't be doing even virtually. Uh, like I think, I think we need more time to warm up the audience when we're doing something in a lot of other countries. Um, and with, not well, with public speaking, with pub, with one-on-one -on -one like this, I think again the questioning and the listening is wonderful. Oh wow, you're from South Africa. You know, mm -hmm. what's your experience been like this past couple of years? Whatever you, you know, you can ask some nice questions. And if you're public speaking in front of a group. That's a whole different ball game, isn't it? And yeah. from being from the UK, I I think you guys um, are great because a, a lot of Americans are way more confident public speaking. I don't know whether you learn it at school or not. No. Than, than, than <laughs> Brits. I mean, you know, it's it's more. You, yeah, just very. A lot of Americans are very good at, at public speaking, and I don't think I don't think the Brits and and maybe even widen out to Europeans um, are as good? Well, um, I think that we come come at things from a, um, I, I think we're not as formal, I think. Maybe that's part of it. We don't grow up in kind of a, um, I think. I'm not, I'm not. I think it's, it's like, it's always like in England, it's always like, you know, a little bit embarrassing. You don't want to boast too much. It's a little, right. not quite the right oh. thing to do, Lewis, you know, be mm -hmm. more modest. Uh, or, you know, failure is embarrassing here. You know, it stops people doing stuff. Whereas in, in, in America, you know, there's more people just try things or, you know, you can, more people are happy to tell everyone how well they've done or equally all the failures they've had. Right. You know. Well, maybe we blab too much. <laughs> I don't know. But I do think that um, I do think that we have I, I think that the really successful people in this country are people who are willing to talk about both their failures and their successes. I don't encourage people ever to be braggarts. And honestly, it's one of the biggest women have a bigger problem with this than men because they don't we're not taught to be boastful. But when I get them to focus on their purpose or speak about their company versus themselves, then they, are, they find it, it's much easier for them. So, um, so you, you've got a message, you've got a reason for being someplace, there's a purpose for it, and you wanna make sure you get that out there. So you have to do that in a way that is conversational and maybe that's the difference is that we're, we, we, we're, we're, we're more conversational in the way that we approach things yeah and also the storytelling i think again it comes back to that you know if you've if you've crafted a nice story maybe you're a bit more and you're the you're the hero but subtly you know um maybe that's a nicer way to go about it and mm -hmm. uh, americans love telling a good story we you know, do it's a great way to communicate and it's very engaging and it's just a great way to go about doing these things. I've heard many a Brit tell me a good story, though. Well, we can tell a good story, too. It's just true. <laughs> <laughs> and some of them are cheeky. Well, and then, you know, some people don't let the truth get in the way of a good story either. <laughs> That's true. I'm thinking of one person from, from London I know in particular. Not you, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
but, but it's a good i mean look, it's a good message i think you know whether you're interviewing or whether you're presenting just think of it as storytelling because it's it's a really engaging way to communicate mm-hmm. your life is your story or yeah. your story is your life i don't know whichever way you want to put it one before we before we sign off your thoughts on appropriate dress for a video or something like that you know i um I think we've become a little slack in that department. And you made the point earlier about how you dress when you're going, when you're the bankers versus the FinTech people versus the whatever. Um, Your dress says something about you as do your surroundings. And I think, I believe, I don't like the word think, I believe what's important is that you dress for the crowd that you're going to be with and you dress to be maybe if you're looking for the job that you're seeking i think that's a good way of thinking about it i don't like looking sloppy and i think um, you know for women in particular unlike the way i am today we should have have your hair nicely done and wear i like wearing colors because they stand out i don't like wearing black because i think it's too somber particularly in video and just be clean neat and look appropriate for the culture of the company that you're applying for or the culture of the company that you're talking to or the people you're making presentations to. Um, You know, nobody cares what you got in your bottom half because you can't see it. But I I think just, and I don't like a lot of patterns because they can look, they can look weird um, on camera. You know, we had old television tricks where we always wore jewel jewel toned colors because they look beautiful on camera. Um, not a lot of, of jewelry because sometimes like if you wear a lot of bracelets, I love bracelets, but I That's never wear them at all because they jingle and jangle. Um, you don't have to worry about the microphone being attached somewhere, but sometimes big clunky necklaces don't look so good. Do you do I headphones? Don't, I don't because okay. I don't. Um, the reason I don't is because honestly, especially if I had my hair blown out, it messes up my hair. But um, I also think that you can't move as freely with them. And we already are limited in our movements with, with this yeah. because we've only got this much of our body language yeah. that we can see. So you wouldn't wear like the cans? No. But what about the little blue teeth, Apple? You know, I don't like them either because I find a lot of technical problems with them. Um, yeah, and I don't, and I think, I think they're okay. I mean, frankly, they're okay. I just don't like them as much as I do having um, my own good sound and yeah and for guys um what do you think about ties on a video interview with the jacket on only if it's what is the culture of the company otherwise we all know we're 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 working from home yeah it's like it just seems a little over 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 (laughs) over much (laughs) it's too much um and again i mean i've worked with with the heads of major financial institutions and and um and the men will mostly be dressed in something quite casual they might have a sport coat on but rarely button down shirt sometimes they're wearing um like a a um uh, a fleece or something that has their company logo oh like is it yeah i've seen more of the logos people are getting branded uh, yeah, which is a fine thing to do because sometimes, sometimes you see people with these virtual settings where they got their big logo behind them, and I think that looks goofy. Yeah. Uh, but 
I'd rather be a voyeur and see into their home, especially since it's probably a really beautiful home. But yeah, yeah, but it's got more. I, it's got more casual, basically, is what you're saying. Right. Even at a bank. Yes, it's much more casual. Um, unless it's a particularly important yeah. meeting where let's say you've got on the call the heads of several other major financial institutions, then I think you should wear um, a jacket, certainly, possibly a tie. But I do think ties in today's world, unless it's some big deal and you're working from home, they just seem a little weird. You don't ever wear a tie, do you? Did you freeze on me again? He'll be back. Can you see? Oh, we're back. Yeah, we're back. We're back. And Mira, we'll get a mirror. We'll get a mirror to knock, knock that bit out as well. Um, but if I you, would ask one, you, do you ever wear a tie? So, um, before COVID, I used to wear a tie and a suit all the time because I was seeing financial services firms all the time. And since COVID, I've worn a tie once when I had to go to a very formal, like London sheriff's presentation dinner, like, like the most formal thing you can go to. Uh, no, I don't wear it anymore. I really very rarely wear a suit unless I am going somewhere where I need to wear a suit. So I've got mm -hmm. a little bit more smart. I like to call it smart casual. Yeah. Um, like I still like to wear shirts. I do, I do wear t-shirts or smart t-shirts and stuff now and again. Um, you might frown at some of the t-shirts, but like, I quite like, I know I'm going to change now. I quite like navy and black and then white. So I do sometimes wear dark colors on my videos, but I might need That's, to change I mean, that. I think it's okay for a guy. Yeah, and, okay. Because if you were wearing an orange t-shirt, I would think you were weird. That's true. <laughs> but I'm wearing a, an orange cashmere sweater, and I th and I, which I happen to, orange is my new... Black. It's a lovely color. It's a great color. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so yeah. I, I just, I, for I think it's different for guys. I do. Yeah. yeah. And like, I think you can wear like a polo shirt's fine. Sure. Collar, shirt. Um, I mean, again, depending on who you're meeting, maybe a t-shirt might or might not be okay. But then a cashmere, a cashmere sweater for a guy is also cool. Absolutely. And you know, one of my favorite stories is I was working with this financial, this wealth manager. Um, private wealth manager. And he was, he, he, you know, he always had all has lived his whole life and he's, he's older, lived his whole life in suits and ties. Right. So he's going to a very, very hot tech firm to try to get their business. He, 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 he gets on with a suit and a tie on. These guys are in hoodies. And it was an immediate, it was a, a almost a visceral reaction to it. Like we're not working with this guy because he doesn't get us. So you really need to understand the culture of where you yeah. So look, look, most companies now on their website will have some sort of video, certainly photos. Look at how they're dressed. Yeah. And, then, and then you can kind of imitate that because that gives you a pretty good clue of what they're going to. And look at their videos and, and you'll see. Yeah. And if you're, I mean, if you're, if you're using a recruiter, ask them what they think you should wear. Sure. Or if it's direct with HR, message the HR person be like, you know, what's the, what's the dress code? What should I wear? You mm -hmm. know, and then, and then you, you, you can't go too wrong. I mean, all of these things factor into the way you are being appraised. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you're making a presentation, if you're doing an interview, whatever you're doing, 
every single thing is being taken into account. It's that first impression thing. And if you've taken the time to dress like them for their, that meets their culture, hey, you get a big good check mark for that. So yeah. these are things to think about. Yeah. I mean, I know there's this, this wonderful young woman who just, that's a, that's a good friend of mine who was um, left work during COVID um, because she was pregnant and having a baby. And, um, and she then went, wanted to go back into the workforce and she's extraordinarily successful. And she was having such a tough time getting jobs, job after job, after job, after job. She was like in second place for third place for, and finally the recruiter said to her, and I don't know why he didn't say this to her early on, but she, he, he said to her, you look too fancy. <laughs> she dressed up like she was going into the office and she uh, has really beautiful, elegant clothing, but she'd have on pearl earrings and, you know, some very yeah, wow. cool designer dress. And the recruiter said, they just think that you're not a match culturally. Like, duh, you could have told me that six months ago. It's hard, very hard feedback to give a lady, though. Oh, guy. Well, I'm, like, I'm sure it is, but it. I think yeah. it. It. It goes with the. It kind of just goes with the territory. I mean, look. I get hired sometimes by the communications team at big corporations because they're afraid to tell the boss the things that I'll say to them. Yeah. Like change up your wardrobe, or you got to cut those nose hairs, or <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's really pretty amusing. It's so true, though. I mean, it's such great. I mean, it's it's hard feedback to give, but such wonderful feedback to actually mm -hmm. receive. Right. You, and you, you change you, things up. You can do it in a really tactful way, which says, I'm looking at your video, and one of the things I see is that the way your hair is falling, the, the, the way it's in place, it makes you look very old-fashioned. And you're talking about some new... Um, so, you know, they'll be like, well, I haven't changed my hairstyle in 50 years or, or 20 years or whatever it is. And I'll say, just, you know, just a little, a little tweak here and there could make a huge difference. And inevitably they come back and say, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's, you know, it's coming yeah. from a good place. Like yeah. it, you know, it works. It's coming from a place where we're really trying to help. And, and it's not, a, it, it's not, Hey buddy, do this. It's, yeah. this will help you get what you want across. Love it. What a great place to end. Jane, thank you so much again for coming on. You're so welcome. I love it. And if anyone would like to get in touch with you, you can find you can find her on our website and also yep. LinkedIn, TikTok. Are you on TikTok yet? You're on I'm Instagram. On TikTok, but I don't use it as much. I use Instagram. Okay. You are on Instagram. And on Instagram, Instagram is really easy. I'm at Jane Hansen Official. And then um, my email is really simply too. It's jane at janehanson.com. Perfect. What could be easier? <laughs> so please get in touch with Jane if you need any help on all of this stuff. She's a great exec coach and wonderful person to, to come and chat with. So thank you so much. Now, now go get into your bathing suit and go hit the pool. <laughs> I'm working hard. I'm working hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Love Great it. to talk with you, Lewis. Have a and wonderful, you. wonderful rest Thank of the you. day. See you soon. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to leave a review and subscribe in all the usual places.